1: everyone welcome to wandering dms i'm paul
0: and i'm dan on this uh, special episode of wandering dms we're going to be talking about <clears throat> a rule in classic dnd uh that uh, we don't know what to call it <laughs> is part of the discussion so a rule in DD: classic dnd fighters could get lots and lots and lots of attacks against uh low level other low level creatures actually and it was a uh, a a critical key part about how fighters worked in uh, original D&D and first edition and Chainmail, and then it kind of slowly went away. So we're going to be talking about whether that was a great uh, core idea or not, whether we should bring it back today and and what your experiences have been uh, using that in your games. Uh, and and as, as, as I noted, part of the discussion is like, nobody even knows what to call, <laughs> which was a very interesting little piece of exploration that I did this year. So partly I got to say, may, I almost have to half apologize to Paul and um, all our viewers, because this is going to be a really deep dive into one specific rule in classic D&D. And maybe I, uh, Dan Collins, am nuts for uh, looking at this closely um and so perhaps this is basically just a therapy session for dan (laughs) and because i need help from paul and i need help from our viewers about the best way to run my games personally in the future actually so thank you thank you for bearing with uh thank you for bearing with us on um uh the the kind of discussions that paul and i would have before we ever started this show (laughs)
1: <laughs> awesome, awesome. This is, this is some, some old-school wandering DMs here. <laughs>
0: right, it is, yeah, It really is. Yeah, yeah. So I should tell our viewers, if, if you're not familiar with this rule from uh, Chainmail and Original and First Edition D&D, um, all, all through those editions, uh, your fighters uh, would get as many attacks per round as their level when fighting against one-hit-die opponents. Uh, more or less depending on what book you're looking at. So if you were an eighth level fighter uh, fighting goblins or or normal soldiers or something like that, you would get eight attacks every single round. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight attacks every single round. And you would throw down lots and lots of low level opponents. And that was actually the essential way that fighters just worked from the inception. Uh, in Chainmail and OD&D and, um, and First Edition. And and part of the reason why uh, I kind of want um, it, to... It got squeezed out of the rules after that, basically. Um, it does not appear in the 80s basic lines. And now my thinking now is that's actually the single biggest mechanical difference between the
1: AD&D line and the basic
0: line in the 80s, actually. So... no. Nope. Makes for makes for a big difference.
1: When when Dan brought this up to me, the first thing I did, of course, was get my books out and try to find this rule, right? I kind of had a vague memory of it existing, and I was like, where does this rule happen? And um, I don't have Chainmail on me. I have OD&D, and the best OD&D is giving me is that uh, if I look at, say, uh, this, this table here of the uh, Fighting Man levels... Uh, I see that they have a fighting capacity of man plus one, or two men plus one, or three men, or hero minus one, or hero, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Which, of course, is I'm assuming referring to chainmail. It,
0: it is. It yeah. is. You know, the place. It, th- this is a this is a tricky spot trying to spy in O D D and d because it was kind of. This is one of these places where Gygax had it in his head and he didn't actually write. He didn't actually write it in the books for OD&D. So, if Paul, if you look in the monster section. On page three. Going by memory here. <laughs> um, so volume right. two, uh, Monsters and Treasure, page three, you're gonna find this really wonky paragraph.
1: I'm looking for um, it. let's see. There we go. Page three. Okay. Wait, page. Th- uh, no,
0: so, I no, sorry, five. Page page yeah, five. I was gonna say so page did, page three right. is a table. Okay, great. Thank you, Ramsey. <laughs> Ramsey knew it before I did.
1: Awesome, awesome.
0: And there's this second paragraph, it says, attack defense capabilities. Yep, for normal oh. man
1: or simply a matter of allowing one roll as a man type for every hit die, with any bonuses being given to only one of the attacks. I.e., a troll would attack six times, once with a plus three added to the die roll. Fascinating. Fascinating.
0: Yeah, right, so it's actually in there for monsters. It doesn't say it for, it's in the monster book. It actually mm-hmm. doesn't say that for player character fighters. It actually gives it for all the monsters instead. Now, I have never played with anybody that did that, no. um, and obviously there's debate about does this rule apply to player characters or not. Some people say yes, and some people say no, and some people just ignore it. So, so um, next I
1: got out my first edition player's handbook and went diving for it. Uh, Dan pointed me at, at this, this chunk here at the very end of the fighter section uh, after the subclasses which tells us, and it's like a note, an asterisk note or just a note at the end of the number of attacks per round that fighters get, that says, This excludes melee combat with monsters, QV, of less than one hit-die, D8, and non-exceptional, zero-level, humans and semi-humans, i.e., all creatures with less than one eight-sided hit-die. All of these creatures entitle a fighter to attack once for each of his or her experience levels, C-Combat. And that's, of course, my favorite part: C combat. Which then I hammered Dan on about, like, okay, well, where where does it go on in the combat section about this? And what, what's the answer to that, Dan? Where, where's the where's the more details? So, <laughs> there, there isn't any. There isn't any.
0: And the point here, as as I tried to ask Tim Cat, Ka- I tried to get out of Tim Cask at the end of our last episode, and he and he and he was and he was cagey about about why the attack matrices. Are mm-hmm. off in the DM's guide. So the point is, at this point on this page that you're looking at in the Player's Handbook of First Edition, we have not told you what attacks are, and we have not told you how to roll for attacks. So the C Combat is if you don't know what attacks are, you should go <laughs> you should go look that up because it's very interesting information. That's what the C Combat is. Is is if you want to know what an attack is? Go look over there.
1: Great, great, great. <laughs> Uh, I also dug through my BX <laughs> books and, of course, a standard Not there at all. Not there at all. Not there. So.
0: And, you know, so I wonder whether, you know, so honestly, I wonder whether that was intentional or an accident because a lot of what they were doing with the basic line was to take the original D&D books that Paul was just looking at a second ago and uh, editing them to be more readable. And, if you know, since the rule doesn't say that for fighters in OD&D, that could have either just been an accidental um uh copy paste or that could have been an intentional question so actually you know someday i'd love to have because the interesting thing is of course dave zeb cook uh was part of the editing both the bx line and second edition Hmm. where most of us don't find that rule um and i'd love to have dave cook on sometime and ask whether that was intentional or an accident now, right at the moment, there's a really interesting conversation going in on our comments because this immediately spawned a debate about is the rule in 2nd edition D&D or not? Mm-hmm. And uh, some of us are thinking, I remember that from 2nd edition. And some of us are saying, that is definitely not in the core rule books. So um, uh, having having worked on this for a couple of days, the best, with several people's help, I couldn't do this myself, several people finally pointed me to the 2nd uh, edition supplement combat and tactics where it is, there's a variant of it at the end of chapter 2 that they call heroic fray there and it's a slightly modified rule but clearly the same intention and the best that, that I could do was to find it in the 2nd the edition supplement. Interesting. So if if Disparal if can find it in the core books, that's going to uh, blow several of our minds because
1: uh, we. Right,
0: <laughs> I, I, I asked on our Discord, and several people were trying to help me, and we couldn't find it in the core books.
1: Interesting. Okay. Okay. Great.
0: Interesting. Great. So, does what You think it's? Do you 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 found it in chapter nine of the second edition DMG? Is that what I'm seeing? I'm Crazy. second edition DMG in front of me right now. Um, all you, right, I, well, the one with the black cover. I'm being told.
1: Oh, that's the Alright, So anyway, print. so there's that's a parallel, the there's yeah, a parallel
0: okay. research job happening right now, and I really appreciate that, that. That's what the Wandering Dams are for, is yeah. dueling mm-hmm. texts, and this is exactly what had to happen. Fascinating, really. <laughs> Dan is okay, reacting. Okay, so wait, I think that some of us have found
1: it. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, okay, looks like DMG okay. uh, Second Edition page fifty-seven. Okay, as listed as an okay. optional rule. Fantastic! All right, fantastic. That's that's so Okay. I
0: feel better already. I feel like (laughs) I feel like I am more learned on this issue already. So it was optional in second edition. Fascinating. What does this rule remind you of from like third edition, Paul? Because you and I you and I played that quite a bit. Uh,
1: I'm assuming there's a feat or something that does this. Yeah, yeah.
0: Uh, Arguably, two. Okay. Arguably, there's two separate feats that sort of simulate this. And uh, I will now grade your quiz. And you tell (laughs) me what two feats in third edition simulate (laughs)
1: this. I have no idea.
0: (laughs) I'll give you a hint. One of them starts with a C and one of them starts with a W. If any viewers want to help us, feel free. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Fascinating. Oh, William! Thank you so much for that. Okay, looks like we looks like we caught it in second edition. I had about five people trying to help me in the last forty eight hours, and none of us could do that. So, really good job on that, you guys. Really good job. Okay, so Joshua's got it. So it's so there's a feat called Cleave, mm-hmm. um, in third edition, and I actually house the roulette into my games. And the other one, uh, there's a feat called Whirlwind Attack, in third edition, that kind of also does that. So. Cleave, to be clear, uh, gives you an extra attack any time one enemy goes down, and Whirlwind just gives you as many attacks as there are enemies around you. In third edition. Interesting. Interesting.
1: Now you yeah. incorporated this into OED, right? As a as a as a feat as well. Hmm. I do. Yep.
0: Yeah. So I, I do. I do bring in the cleave, or if you're a third edition Pathfinder aficionado, it's really great cleave. Mm-hmm. um <clears throat> into my OED rules and you know now I'm wondering if that was a mistake this is partly why the therapy session is happening is because um you know my for for, for a number of years my reading of original D&D is that the rule wasn't in there is that this mini attack rule wasn't in there um and so I thought that uh, bringing in the great cleave rule was an interesting addition and now I don't know if that wasn't maybe a mistake um because of how intrinsic uh you know so so my to be clear my my cleave rule would be an option for fighters not everybody would get it but hmm. uh really i think you know the what now i'm convinced that in uh, original and first edition every single fighter would get this all the time and it was really intrinsic to how the whole system was balanced so i'm wondering if that wasn't a mistake that i did that in oed
1: maybe interesting interesting and that and that's the gist, huh? That's what we're here to uh, That's kind of what we're that's here for. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. Should I okay. should I erase should I erase Cleave and bring back the many attacks for, for all fighters? Amazing. Amazing. Okay, now. Okay, now you okay, so you 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 got me on second edition, right? So our viewers your our viewers once again. Uh, have 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 uh, shocked me with their amazing research abilities, and you found it in second edition. I don't think you can find it in fifth edition. So, if anybody, I'm pretty sure that this is an idea of like so many attacks that fifth edition just doesn't allow. And fifth edition has many ways of getting two attacks, or maybe maybe three in a round. But I don't think this exists anywhere in any fighter options in fifth edition. If anybody can prove me wrong on that, I would love to hear
1: about it. That I'm definitely not going to know off the top of my head, so we're going to okay. have to rely okay. on the uh, okay. <laughs> rely on the folks in our chat. Uh, okay. There you go. So I have been scrambling here to get uh, into place. Here's our second edition DMG text. Wow. Uh, and we can see here, uh, as an option, a warrior fighting creatures with less than one hit die, one minus one or lower, can make a number of attacks equal to his level, i.e. a 7th level fighter can make seven attacks. These attacks are handled wow. in order of initiative. There you go.
0: Wow. I am amazed. I am, ri- I am. I am just so amazed that our a our our viewers uh, pop got that up after a whole team of us couldn't find it in two days, and then Paul got it on screen right after that. <laughs> wow! There you go. Whew, that is live wandering DMs. That is really impressive. You get all this for free by 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 watching the show.
1: <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: Wow, good job, Paul. Fantastic.
1: So, so Dan, I'm looking here at um, uh, at our images here. Huh. Um, and there's just a few other amusing notes here. Because I think, uh, for me, when, when we talked about this rule, there was one thing that jumped immediately to my head, and it wasn't any of the text. And it's something rather unusual, which is that I remember it being implemented in the uh, GoldBox SSI dnd game pool of radiance it's the first video game i personally ever bought and here we can see here's a screenshot uh where oh. a character has sweeps. it says octavia octavianus sweeps and i remember this specifically as your characters got up to a certain level if you got into a fight with a lot of goblins or a lot of kobolds you wanted to get your fighters out there into them because they would just attack every adjacent enemy
0: Fascinating. So, and that was, and I did not play those games. So, having asked in a couple of places, and in the last week or so, I've asked on, you know, about this on Twitter and the ODD forums and on Facebook. And uh, a, a couple people referred to this, but I didn't play those games actually. So, about a week ago when I asked this, and right off the bat, Paul said, Oh, sweep attacks. I was like, Oh, I, oh, I haven't, I hadn't heard that term. There's a term for it, I didn't know that. Um, so Paul was, was the first person who clued me into some people recognize this as the sweep attack rule from those Goldbox games, yep. which I which my understand were great because lots and lots of people played those.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's a, um, it's a great game. Uh, when I was first uh, figuring out Twitch, uh, if anybody uh, digs up my Twitch channel, you'll find a couple of uh, did a couple of videos of myself playing playing Goldbox and then discovered apparently it's a thing for folks to <laughs> speed run Pool of Radiance and it's really quite shocking how quickly some people can play this entire game. Um, really, but there you go. That's my odd, uh, my odd dive wow. into Pool of Radiance. <laughs> but that's I remember it, and I not only that I remember it because I remember being confused by it. Right, this isn't in an era when I was playing this game where I was probably playing Second Edition D anD D with my friends, and I was like, mm-hmm. "What the hell is this rule? I don't <laughs> sweep. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah." yeah.
0: And if you were transitioning from the, from the you know, Moldvade-Cook-BX uh, um, uh, line, right, doesn't exist there. Mm-hmm. So again, I, I, I think now, you know, thinking about this in the last year or so, I think that's the single biggest mechanical difference between those lines. And if you're coming out of a basic play form and running into that, that's a, that's a huge, really fundamental uh, change in how fighters just work. i agree with that so that's part of why i wanted to ask paul was exactly he's he was he was playing both and so i was kind of wondering what your experiences were transitioning from one to that. so one of the things that that you're commenting on there is is the naming issue Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so uh the core books uh never had any terminology for this and it never had any short label for this and you know when we were looking at the first edition book it just had it just had block of text Yep. uh the original d d book just had block of text they didn't have any label on this and so as a result there's been this proliferation of many 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 different names as basically every play group had to come up with their own short name to say oh you're now doing this mm-hmm. um so paul was the first one to clue me into um the sweep name and some people recognize that um uh, other okay, other OSR books, right? So, second edition calls this. So, the the supplement, right? The mm-hmm. second edition combat and tactics kind of kind of modifies it a little bit and calls it heroic fray. Uh, third edition and Pathfinder call this great cleave, right? The the analogous thing, great cleave.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My understanding is the Swords and Wizardry book has changed it early on. Swords and Wizardry called this multiple attacks,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which isn't super specific, because a whole lot of stuff has multiple tags. frankly. Later on I'm being told they call it Combat Machine. Uh, Castles and Crusades calls this Combat Dominance. Uh, Osric currently calls it Fighting the Unskilled. Hyperborea calls it Heroic Fighting. And uh, every every on and on, on on. Every single OSR book has to come up with its own label for it. Fascinating.
1: Fascinating.
0: Eh? And sometimes they even change it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> right, so uh, so I asked a uh, I asked a couple places. I asked a poll on the ver- the very large Facebook First Edition group, and so Paul, uh, if you can yeah. pull up that yeah. one. So so here's here's the results of the options I gave. So you can see the top one that got 92 votes at the moment was multiple attacks. Now I got to say, I am not fond of that name because. Okay. You know, anything that gets more than one attack around is called multiple attacks. In first edition Monster Manual, they say that for monsters. In original d d in Blackmoor for monks, they monks get multiple attacks per Dave Arneson in Blackmoor. So that's a term that's used for a whole bunch of other stuff, not just, you know, this fighters suddenly go turbo mode.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, as you can see, the second place vote was actually sweep attacks with 30 votes because people were, again, recognized in gold box games, just like Paul did. So at the moment, this this episode is currently titled Sweep Attacks because that was the best thing I could come up with. But I might go back and actually change the name of this episode if anybody really has a better a better name for it. You can see other things are uh, Heroic Frey came up, I think people spotting that from second edition, Cleave came up from third edition, and there's
1: Fighting the Unskilled, Combat Dominance, and a bunch of other stuff. I have another thing here that you sent Dan with yet more names.
0: Right. So there's the something else category there. And there were uh, 20 or 30 unique names that people came up with because every single. Right. So now I've come up with turbo mode. Thank you. Stuart. <laughs> so, so watch out because if you as soon as you as soon as you say something, as soon as you refer to it with a new name, something that becomes canonical. So you're going to watch out. So among these aren't even all of them, but among <laughs> the suggestions that people were saying, on the Facebook group, now a number of people wanted to call it something like the Cuisinart, and some people mm-hmm. there was like Cuisinarting or the Cuisinart or Cuisinart mode, um, and then uh, the, and then actually that would count up to five if you included uh, Le machine, which is a, a French food food processor from uh, <laughs> le Molyneux. So le Molyneux, la machine, or if you get the upper the upper version, la Regina machine um i'm told is apparently a french food processor okay okay What <laughs> i just learned <laughs> um and then there's a number uh you know the, uh, uh, pretty frequently someone refers to a lawnmower so there's lawnmower mode or mowing the grass or weed whacking or things like that <laughs> uh frank menser shared slice and dice apparently frank menser who wrote the Beckme rules calls this slice and dice apparently and there's a whole bunch of other things. Um, um, yeah, so here's here's Frank saying slice and dice. And in addition to that, I took the opportunity to ask Frank at that point, "Do you actually use this rule?" And it's not in the Beckme rules. Um, and Frank very generously answered that and says, "When I run first edition by the book, yes, I use the rule. I don't care for it, um, and I saw no need for it in Beckme. And I think that means when he runs." basic he, he doesn't use that role mm-hmm. now he didn't he didn't respond to the is it intentional or an accident in 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 basic uh of course he he he's working in a legacy that came after Moldvay uh cook so i think he was probably uh gonna be linked to that legacy no matter which way it went so interesting so so frank is aware of the big difference and if when he goes to the table and says i'm playing basic or i'm playing uh, advanced um all of a sudden fighters work very differently Interesting. Which, which I thought, and I was very thankful for Frank for for that insight. Obviously, yeah. And there were a whole bunch of other names, right? There was, uh, I mean, I was mowing, I was like sweeping the mooks, and someone said population control, and probably some things that were less tasteful than that.
1: Um, <laughs> and uh,
0: shredding mode, pest control, cutting the chafe, Spartan attack, the Aragorn, uh, the the Mulie, <clears> hat <throat> mastery, and on and on and on. Okay, okay, so there's so, a lot of names so of, those, yeah. of those labels right now, Paul, Yeah. right, right? Yeah. so you, you, you first said Sweep, do you like the Cuisinart? No. Are you, are you about to change your mind, say cuisine arting now? No. What about La Machine? What about no. La Machine? That's pretty... No. No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> so maybe you want to put it... So William is agreeing uh, with you, Paul, that Sweep Attacks is a pretty good label there.
1: It's um, short, one syllable, which is nice. Yeah. And um, like I yeah. said, it—it's it, it, from my memory. Uh, it's what I saw in in those old uh, SSI games. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. And I—I I, I definitely remember being confused by it. I was like, "What is? Why is my fighter attacking all these guys? I don't understand." Um, and the go. best part is, it just happens. So it's not clear like that. It's because you're fighting one-hit-time monsters, right? Right, it just happens in that first game because there are a lot of those fights, and uh, uh, you know, uh, one of the things I really liked about that game, uh, there were several fights with just mobs, just absolute mobs of, of monsters coming at you.
0: Right, right. So William William's suggesting the clubbing. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh jeez! Oh jeez!
0: Going to consider that. Yeah. On my thinking yeah. face. So actually, let me ask about the implementation, Paul, because, yeah. you know, I, I went and did some coding this week. So I have this simulator that I use to try to balance monsters and stuff like that, called the the arena. And that was an ugly piece of coding. So, mm-hmm. that, so having to having to put in this like two different modes, depending on how you're fighting, was like one of the uglier pieces of coding that I've had to do there. And I was kind of really unhappy about it. So here's a question about that. It, like, if you recall from the Gold Box games, if your fighter gets um, adjacent to both, uh, some first-level guys and, like, one fourth-level
1: guy, what happens then? Hmm. I have no idea. Absolutely no idea. Um, yeah. My gut would say if you—because usually in the game what you had to do is you had to initiate an attack against a specific target. Right, and then he would, and then he would just start okay. chaining and sweeping through. Okay. So, um, I think probably what would happen is if you targeted one of the one hit die guys, it would attack all the one hit die guys. And if you attack the four hit die guy, it would just attack him. That's my gut. I don't know if that's true or not, but I feel like that's probably what would have happened okay. in that game. Interesting. Um, you know, I'm reminded of one other use case of this, uh, which is not really D and D, but uh, another reason this comes up in my head is. Uh, Warhammer Quest is a uh, board game close near to an RPG as you can get uh, while still being a board game uh, that came out in the mid-90s. And uh, it has a rule called Death Blow, which is simply that if you kill a monster with one hit, you may immediately make another attack at an adjacent monster. Okay. Now, that's not to one specific character type. It's not just... Uh, I think okay. the barbarian actually has an ability that allows him to make many attacks. But um, mm-hmm. um, but the death blow is just anybody. You you hit a guy, yeah. you kill him, you can make another attack. So that's kind of, so that's uh, broadly
0: like the, what we're calling the cleave rule, yeah. and, and Stu in the um, Stu Rat there in the chat is reminding of us that right that. And I gotta I gotta agree with Stu, frankly, right? So for a long time I kind of wasn't super fond about I guess we'll call it sweeping now. Uh, partly because you had this discontinuity. You had this quantum shift between a one-hit die opponent and a, right. a two-hit die opponent. Right. And I wasn't super fond of this, like, wacky discontinuity sitting right there. And the the cleave or get one more attack is at least continuous. Of You're gonna get a little bit of a benefit for two-hit dice, three-hit dice, four-hit dice, but maybe not quite as often so it's 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 a little bit more of a gradual shift rather than a radical drop-off um so that was why i was using it for for a long time myself honestly i do agree with that yeah i mean so maybe we should before i before i look at another thing maybe we should think about like what fiction does this simulate Mm -hmm. um and i have uh i have a piece of art there from uh frank Frazetta. there uh picture of conan and Here's, the, here's your single Conan apparently mowing through an, an, an entire brigade of, of opponents there. Mm-hmm. And that honestly happens quite a lot in Howard's original Conan books is Conan himself goes up against a whole mob or legion or ship full of soldiers and goes right through them like a whatever you want to call it. Um, Cuisinart and, Like a Cuisinart, or a lawnmower, or, or a weed whacker, or the machine The um, machine So,
1: <laughs> never yeah.
0: said that in original Howard, but you can imagine it So, you know, honestly, I've been rereading my, my Howard Conan books recently And over and over again, I run into a scene, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that is, that is totally like that original d d rule Right, uh, maybe yeah. maybe I'm making a mistake by not having that for all the fighters.
1: You know, you know what else this um, reminds me of in, in terms yeah. of um, uh, source material is like uh, kung fu movies or any like modern day action movie. Right, usually mm-hmm. the hero is just mobbed by mooks, right, and then they yeah. just they take a whole yeah. bunch of them out, like one after the other after the yeah. other. Um, yes. Yeah. And I know certainly, uh, obviously, uh, kung fu movies were around at this period of time and popular and probably the inspiration for, like, The Monk, I'm assuming. So, um, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So, I certainly could imagine that coming into play. Totally. Um, And I know know, plenty of... Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, I know plenty of um, games, any more modern RPGs that... um, that will then specifically set things up, rules up where they'll flip this rather than saying that the player character can make many attacks. They start making a distinction between like mooks or, you know, whatever, the you know, non, uh, you know, not important monsters, right? You have your sort of... Uh, right can't think of another word besides mooks but i feel like there are other rpgs that call them something else but sort of have that Uh, distinction between minions minions minions, yeah yeah basically have that distinction between npcs who are like important and they get a lot of stats and like the simple like whatever just mow them down because we want that feeling that cinematic feeling of like i just take on a whole bunch of you know easy enemies before i get to the boss
0: it's true it's true so a couple of things people are reminding us in the chat, which I think is very helpful. Ramsey's reminding us that this whole distinction, that we're, this discontinuity really comes from uh, you know the Chainmail game, which was originally for just mundane armies fighting, and then there was this add-on supplement for Fantastic Monsters, mm-hmm. and they did have two different mechanics. They yep. had two different totally tables, and yep. so initially there was this language about: Are you doing normal fighting? Then this happens. Are you doing fantasy fighting? Then this. Then go to this table instead. And that's actually where the discontinuity comes from. Of course, that's a good point. William is reminding us um, in the Lord of the Rings movies is where I saw this. Uh, there's a there's a scene of of Sauron in the ancient times taking a mace and just mowing through an army and just like 20 guys just fly out from one blow of his mace yep, yep. and he takes another blow 20 elves go flying like that yep. and i got to admit when i was watching the lord of the rings movie i was like ah, uh, fill in name here attacks right and um and when La i machine. asked this on twitter when i when, 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 <laughs> le, le machine <laughs> regime yeah <laughs> um, and when I when I asked this on, on uh, Twitter, our friend Nathan Foley said the source book for this mechanic is the Iliad, mm. and um, that's not a bad that's actually not a bad point either. Is Achilles and other major warriors, right, major named warriors in the Iliad, from time to time go mowing through the enemy lines, and 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 you know I think there's probably language like you know cutting them down like wheat at harvest. Yep. Um and that's a pretty good point too. So anytime you can go back to Homer for your um <laughs> your, your D and D rule citation, I I, I I doff my cap to that. I thought that was a good I thought that was a good point. You're totally right. You read the Iliad, that absolutely is happening. Hmm.
1: Interesting. Interesting.
0: Okay. So let me let me if you'll if you bear with me, let me do a little bit of Dan um, statistics analysis for you and I apologize. Okay. <laughs> I apologize for this. So um, having, so I did add this rule as an option into my simulator, and to make a long story short, um, it cuts down the danger level of the humanoids, the one-hit die humanoids, by on average about a third. So whereas um, you know one orc <clears throat> used to be the value of you know one first level fighter, now your goblins and your orcs and things like that and your bandits are only worth about a third and it varies by what level fighter they're fighting of course but on average it reduces it to about a by a, by about a third and the interesting thing for me is I feel now that this is intrinsic to how the numbers appearing were set up in original and first edition D&D so there's a there's if you can get the table labeled for Paul and I look at, this is probably the, the single page that I look at most of any D&D rulebook, frankly, is, here's the monsters, mm-hmm.
1: as mm-hmm. they
0: originally showed up. This is page three of volume two, I think. There you go. Um, is it? And you notice that there's a big difference in the numbers appearing, right? And I've looked at the, I've pointed this out before, is the first, you know, four lines there, men, goblins, orcs, up to hobgoblins, right? That's all the one hit die humanoids, mm-hmm. and they all come in numbers like 300 or 400, two or three or 400 max. And everything else that further down that table is like,
1: eh,
0: right? Like maybe up to 18 ogres most, right? Eight giants
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. four Medusa.
1: I mean, even, even skeletons are coming no more there. than 30, and those are right a one-hit-die monster, Correct. right?
0: Correct. There's a typo
1: on this page. There's a whole
0: deeper story about that. Yeah, yeah. But only the one-hit-die humanoids come in these numbers of hundreds, and everything else isn't even like 10% of that. So, those first four lines, those are exactly the lines that uh, fighters get sweep attacks against. Men, goblins, orcs, hobgoblins. Even no You know what? little funny thing. Somebody noticed gnolls, which we all know are two hit dice, in the pre-publication draft of D&D were also one hit die. Hmm. What an amazing discovery that was. So, the things that come in numbers of 100s are exactly the things that fighters got sweep attacks against originally. So, um, um... And William's asking, uh, I haven't done it, I, I haven't give everybody cleave before. I, I give it as a random option. That's a good point. Sometime I should either try it with everybody has cleave. Um, but anyway, so now I think I realize that the, the sweep attacks are absolutely linked with the numbers appearing in, in both original, and these numbers are copied forward identically into first edition. So if you are playing first edition, you have the same numbers uh, game happening. And then um, if I take the original. Uh, wilderness wandering monster tables and if you pull up like five there there you go so this is the this is me analyzing the danger of different opponents showing up on the original d and wandering monster men table mm-hmm. and and there's a whole bunch of other tables but we'll just look at this one and you can see that there's a big freaking difference between whether you roll um, Band like one of these army-sized bandits or brigands or berserkers, and mm-hmm. if you look all the way over on the the far end table, I'm saying here's the mm-hmm. average number of hit dice you're going to encounter. Average number of hit dice, basically, and for bandits or brigands or berserkers, it's up in the two hundreds. And if you roll anything else on that table, like a lord or a, or a you know high priest or something like that, then it comes out to be in the twenties, mm-hmm. and that's a times ten difference. That's a yep. huge. That's an enormous variation difference between the army size stuff and the non army size stuff. And that's repeated all through the other tables. Interesting. It's like, that's, that's a big difference. You yeah. got a 50 50 chance about running into t- about 20 hit dice versus 200 hit dice worth of opponents in that table. Mm-hmm. Now, this table is assuming that you don't get sweep attacks. So, this is the original version where fighters only get one attack each, like they do in basic. If I run the simulator and reduce the um, the risk level from the armies from the one hit die opponents because of the sweeps, all of a sudden this happens, and that last column of average hit dice value that you're encountering, all of a sudden that big variation isn't there. But all the all the co- all the rows are twenty or thirty or, or forty or fifty, or much more close.
1: In this in this simulation, what um, what are the um... What's on the other side of the fight? What are the what are the players?
0: Uh, eight. Well, actually, that, that doesn't come into that doesn't come into play yet. Okay, it actually, doesn't come into play yet. So on this table, that that doesn't matter. Uh, you just roll a table. You roll a number. The uh, number appearing, right? Which technically aren't tied into the number of players showing up, and it doesn't matter, frankly. So, but let me let me let me turn that question around. Um, uh, what? players would be appropriate for this risk level? I'll turn that into what players would be appropriate for this risk level. So based on my stats, without the sweep rule, um, the wilderness encounters are balanced for about 8 PCs of the 10th level. And with the sweep attack rule, these encounters are balanced for about 8 PCs of the 6th level. But doesn't that assume all the PCs
1: are fighters? What if my party is all magic users?
0: I haven't implemented magic yet, so as right. So I apologize about that, but, but so it does assume a party of all fighters. That's a good
1: point. Okay. Okay.
0: And that's that's as much that's as much as I can as I, as I can personally say about it at this point. So
1: hmm.
0: magic will come into play, you know, just as a as a zero degree approximation. There's this. So at the moment, I'm guessing, you know, when we and, and this comes up when you and I play outdoor spoliation, right? I give starting characters of around the 10th level. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, but if all the characters are fighters with sweep, then you could do that with all the characters at about sixth level. Which one feels better? So, so the question to me at this point is yeah. like, like, if you were gonna design the wilderness environment from scratch, what level of party would be interesting to start your wilderness adventures with?
1: Well, I mean, certainly, um, you know, if we assume that level ten is the is the cap, right, and mm-hmm. that's that's our end goal, and we want to, um, you know, become barons and own a own a castle and get into domain play uh, at level ten, then I would hope that the wilderness comes much earlier than that, because that's when you're pressing out there to to, to fight. So. To, to find land to conquer or whatever. So so yeah, so around 6 or 7 I think is more appropriate for that. Okay. Now my memory of us playing Outdoor Spoliation, though, was that um, I always felt that, like, in those... The, first of all, I felt like those fights were fun, right? It was super fun to, like, accidentally yeah. stumble upon an, an army of 200 goblins. I still think that Fireball was a much bigger game-changer in those than, say, you know, a couple of fighters.
0: Uh... And I wasn't using sweep attacks, mm. so I feel like okay. right. If if we brought in sweep attacks and the fighters were all doing uh, eight, nine, ten attacks every single round, I think that the the, the texture would have been different. It's fascinating.
1: Even yeah. even um, even the Gold Box SSI game wouldn't have given you nine attacks because it still I only let that. you attack adjacent creatures, right? So you I would get that. at most eight. At absolute cost. I see that.
0: And and some people, I've seen some people, you know, interpret the sweep attack. Not many, but some people want to interpret the sweep attacks the same way. As I only give as many attacks as you're melee adjacent to. Mm. Mm. And so then I think the the, the crux of that debate would be, like, how abstract are you making melee? Is your fighter wandering, like, on their round, wandering through the army, chopping people left and right? Or are they in this place getting attacks around them, like, with miniatures? And, And different people play different ways with that. Yep, yep. Yep, for sure, totally reasonable. And then someone was like, in the in the extreme, if you're a thirtieth level fighter, say, do you really want to allow them thirty attacks? <laughs> and some people said yes, and some people said no.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and in the extreme, and right, we can get we can get yeah. Tim Cask on when he was editing um, uh, the the original D and deities and Demigods book, and he said we are trying to show these examples as the extreme outliers, the furthest thing that D and D can possibly support, and there are a couple figures like that. With up to you know levels in the twenties or thirties or maybe I think uh, I think somebody I think in the Dragon magazine I think they statted up Kane I think as a thirtieth level fighter Interesting. or um, or maybe I'm thinking John Carter maybe. But I think, I, think, I think maybe they statted up John Carter as a 30th double fighter. So does he get 30, 30 attacks every round? <laughs> and does everybody go take a break while the John Carter player rolls the D20, <laughs> 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and keeps going and comes back later with snacks? Is that what happens?
1: <laughs> that's, that's, uh, yeah, that's pretty rough. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, you know, so there's a so, you know we're, we're comparing it to the wizard's fireball, of course. And, you know, how many fireballs does the wizard get? Uh, just a couple or do they have a wand and they can they do it every round and you know clearly mm-hmm. that if you get the sweep attack rule, and the fighters can do that round after round after round um, so there's a big like, once again there's a big difference no sweep attacks the wizard's clearly dominant with sweep attacks maybe the fighter actually is out ahead now huge mm-hmm. huge mm-hmm. shift I think in that yeah. yeah so so Paul you're saying that you feel like wilderness adventures like around six level feels about right yeah I think so yeah yeah, yeah. and of course I mean- the of course,
1: Go ahead. I will, I'll, I'll point out, uh, when I go back to my, my BX books, of course... That's what um, I was right, asking. Right? The expert book is the first place where we see wilderness at all, right? And that begins at fourth level, right? Your, your basic book only covers yeah. up to third, and then we're going to get to fourth level. And fourth maybe is a little low to be out there in the wilderness, maybe. But, you know... Um, so know, interesting. actually
0: since you have the expert book open. Actually, I'll ask mm-hmm. this. So clearly, they don't have the sweep attack rule. And in fact, all yeah. through those rules, fighters just get one attack. Correct. Just one. Yep. Right. They don't. They don't ever get even two attacks in any of nope. those books. Just just one.
1: Nope.
0: Um, and later, you know, Frank with the twentieth level book, uh, you know, started to add to that. But in, at least in BX, they just get one attack. So um, uh, what do they do about monster numbers there? Like You're how talking. many? So, so in original D anD like you could have as many as three hundred orcs show up. What does the book say for? Well, I guess I should ask for uh, bandits. Okay, so look look up men comma bandits.
1: Oh boy! So okay. originally
0: that was three hundred. What does it say there? Uh,
1: I'm looking for the number appearing here. Uh, you will have to give me a moment as I try to dig through here. Uh, is it under men? Uh, there's bucket yeah. There's brigands. There's men. Okay, great. There we go. Uh, number appearing 10 to 40 20 to 70 10 to 40 yeah yeah i see and dervish is the largest number at 20 to right, 70 right. right right so they cut it
0: so basically they cut it down from originally 300 top to mm-hmm. just about a tenth of that frankly so 30 or 40 or 70 so I think on average, and if you look in the, the red book, you know, um, uh, Moldvay did the exact same thing um, for uh, orcs or goblins.
1: Um, yep. And they, yep. it,
0: interestingly, they actually do have that number in parentheses to indicate how many would show up in the wilderness. Yep. And he tended to cut it down by about, up to about a tenth, actually. On average, it's about one seventh.
1: Yep, just flipping through the book here. I see, uh, let's see, um, goblins are 6 to 60. We get 60. But yeah, certainly not hundreds.
0: Originally 400, right? Hmm. And originally that would be 400 originally. So so I feel like you need to make that decision. or, Or rather, I feel like I need to make that decision in my OED house rules of having not given... Uh, sweep attacks to all fighters for many mm-hmm. years. And, you know, giving cle- the cleave feat as an option to some. Not many players take it, frankly. Uh, most fighters in my games have not had that when the when the, when the players have been given a choice. I feel mm-hmm. like I'm at a crossroads ro- where I need to either... And all along I've been saying I'm really using original d d as my basis. Mm-hmm which is continuous with 1st edition, so I feel like I need to make a decision about either uh, bringing back um, sweep attacks for all fighters, and then I can keep the original D&D, the original 1st edition numbers, or um, keep sweep attacks not around for all fighters, and then I have to cut down the numbers like, uh, like they did in BX. So I feel like that's at the crossroad where I have to make one of those two decisions. And if I cut down the numbers, then I also have to cut down the uh, when do you get uh, heroes and chiefs and leaders and wizards with your, with your big army types and stuff like that. Um, I will say, so if you look really closely at the expert book there, they say, okay, 10 to 40 or 10 to 70 or whatever and for the men. Mm-hmm. And then if you look in the text, it's, uh, I think Cook has a camp might have as many as some larger number. Yeah, there go, term? right
1: here on Brigands. Brigands will often band together to make fortified camps of 50 to 300 men. A camp will always be led by a 9th level fighter with an additional 5th level fighter for every 50 Brigands.
0: So, and I think he says that for the other types, so so that's the original number back, right? That's where the 300 comes from, is he's just looking at original D&D, where they just show up in up to 300 in the first place. So, more or less what they've done is they've said this larger number is for lair camps only, and this smaller number is for wandering groups. So, I'm wondering if, you know, Arneson in, in, in First Fantasy Campaign sort of said the same thing, actually. So I'm wondering which way I should go with that. If I should bring back the all fighters get sweep, or if I should cut down the numbers like they did in in
1: basic. It's interesting because um, I, I, I I do feel it's a shame to lose those big numbers, but I like that that BX has given us an out to still put them in. Yeah. Um, so yeah. in which case, I you know my leaning is generally to go with BX. It's usually uh, I think good rules, good good. Uh, some good edits done there, so certainly I find it really odd that once you get to like, um, you know, your two hit die monsters that there's that sudden, like, oh, instead of ten attacks, I now get one. Yep.
0: I there know. are some, pe- you know, there are some people that so there's there, that that's that was never written explicitly in the rulebook. There are some people that go that hang their hat on the original normal versus fantastic, and they say, "Well, I interpret all people from hit dice one to three as normals." But that doesn't really solve your problem because then you just have a switch at either you know from three hit dice to four hit dice, so that doesn't solve yep. that problem. Yep, yeah. Um, <clears throat> so if we put it to you and we said, Paul, having having explored this and seen how really intrinsic it is. To how things balanced in, were in original D anD D, and you've played with sweep attacks in the Gold Box games. Would you, Paul Siegel, use the sweep attacks rule in your D anD D games?
1: No, I never have, and okay. I don't think I ever would.
0: Okay. <clears throat> okay. Yeah. Viewers, yeah. <laughs> feel free to chime in as, with, a, with a with a final with a final judgment um, in in you know. OSRE classic themed d gaming like Paul and I do, uh, like you know Paul does on Thursday nights. And I'll say, you know, really what got me on this thought process, it was for the upcoming book awards uh, revision. And yeah. I'm just on the cusp of, I would like to have uh, superhero Conan types start to show up on our Saturday shows. I would like to bring that back in the picture. And, um, that is what I've been researching was really ultimately what I should, what should I do for the core rule in book of war? Should your, should your high level, uh, fighters get these sweep attacks or like they do in first edition, uh, in advanced D and D or should, should they not get these sweep attacks by default, like they do in basic D and D and that's the single biggest. Um, difference between those systems, and I try to straddle both most of the time. But I think I need to make a decision. I'm in mean, Book of War for that. Is what's the default? Let me, default let, me let
1: me ask a question here, Dan, for the purists out there. Um, okay, so if we're saying that Book of War is OD&D based, and that your games are OD&D based, and we're going back to the original OD&D right. text, right? Yeah. The yeah. only real yeah. linkage here uh, to these multiple attacks in OD&D. Mm-hmm is this note yeah. about fighters attacking like heroes, right? Which assumes...
0: Except... Yeah. Except the uh, monster thing. Gary, G- Gary wrote it in the D&D FAC, uh, okay. a month later in uh, TSR number two. Gary wrote it in original D&D Swords and Spells. It is an assumption built into his mass combat rules for Swords and Spells that fighters did get sweep attacks, so he didn't write it he didn't write it in, in the little brown books, but it's in his other writing that that's part of the assumption.
1: Here's here's where I was going with that. Yeah. Um, can we assume that sweep attacks are part of the linkage to chainmail? And if you're yeah. using the alternate combat system, that you shouldn't have sweeps.
0: Great stab, and unfortunately <laughs> I'm going to say no to that because yeah, it's that? in his fact. It's because- in his FAQ of frequently asked questions, and he says, yeah, fight, a 4th level fighter is going to get 4 attacks against orcs.
1: Hmm. and 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 does he specify whether that's regardless of whether you're using chainmail combat or the alternate combat
0: uh he is rolling a d20
1: in the example there oh oh in the example in the example of the fact yeah. course you yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah all right, all totally. right. I mean, it's a very explicit and then the fighter rolls 16 15 12 and eight and therefore does this 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 and well
1: this. I mean as Tim told us last week Gary never made any mistakes at all. Right. So, <laughs> right, so Did he I think your <laughs> recollection is different than mine. Oh, oh wait, wait, I think I might have gotten that backwards. I think I might have no, gotten that. No, I think that, that was backwards. me saying Arnison never made any mistakes to my understanding. There you go. No, I okay. think
0: I'm pretty sure Tim was pretty clear. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Mistakes were made. <laughs>
0: we can we can roll the tape. Roll, roll the tape, Russ.
1: We have a no, we don't have an editor. Oh
0: dear. Um, oh, dear. Yeah, if you didn't if you didn't see last week's episode seventeen with Tim Cask, actually, please please do that, of course, because he was he was very helpful on some of these related issues.
1: Yeah, um, I think sweep attacks are problematic. I think that yeah. uh, they're just they're weird. Uh, they you know like you point out, like the the, the if you're going to go really high level, it just gets bizarro. It asks the question about does adjacency matter? Are we using miniatures or not? Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it creates this cliff between yeah. one hit die and two hit die monsters, which I don't like uh i'm just not seeing a good strong reason to use them myself i wouldn't do them i know that certainly there are folks who are going to disagree with me strongly and that's fine also of course particularly
0: particularly first edition fighter players (laughs) there you go there
1: you go but my instinct is always generally to go back to bx because that's my starting point so um yeah
0: but it's a solid, it's a solid starting point, and I agree. Is generally, uh, you know, ninety-eight percent of the edits they made there, I come back and I go, yeah, that was really smart. Um, and um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's tough. tough. But but that that that's that's that is really good. Um, that's really good feedback. And you know, for what it's worth, I kind of like the fact that you and I have had similar ways of running D D for a long time. So actually, that's a your your. Very wise judgment is actually a very big. It's going to be a very big part of me deciding which way to go with this. Actually,
1: oh, well, apologies to the O.D.D. purists in the chat who are now shaking their fists at me and saying, "No, <laughs> it says in the book the fact. What about the fact? Well, sort of, right? Yeah. <laughs> what about the fact? It's
0: clearly implied."
1: That's clearly, it's clearly a point. Now
0: I gotta say, you know, your so Paul having difficulty finding it in the book is exactly why I actually was convinced for many years that it technically wasn't in there. I was honestly really convinced for many years with with my house rules that it's really not in the rules for original D anD. d And it's just been the last year when I've been researching, frankly, for Second Edition Book of War. Frankly, that I finally became convinced, and some people pointed to uh that bit for in the monsters book and some people pointed to the fact which i hadn't noticed and um i also found the language in uh the original DD swords and spells book where it's clearly in there and i finally became convinced that that was clearly yeah that was part of gary's intent and it was in Chainmail, and it was an original and it was in first edition that was in fact consistent all the way through so um so i had the same i had the same difficulty uh, uh determining what the intent was for many years just in, just just in just until the last couple of months, have I've been convinced of the opposite, actually.
1: Yeah. I would love to have been a fly on the wall during the development of Pool of Radiance. I'd like to know how it got decided to actually implement that into the game. I mean, clearly, there's some effort in that game to be uh, as first edition adherent as possible. But, I mean, obviously, there's a lot. When you're making a video game, there's a lot that has to get to fall right. by the wayside. Right, right um right. and as we pointed out in first edition this rule is very well concealed uh so i'm super curious how that like somebody somebody felt strongly that's my opinion somebody at that company felt strongly that this had better go in
0: <laughs> it is you know so those games were labeled right they were clearly branded advanced D yeah, and, yeah. and it is in the book and if you probably if you have a random party of i don't know six players and one of them's a fighter the fighter player is probably going to be pretty knowledgeable about that rule. There were people, you know, in the, and it was interesting because in the discussion on Facebook, there was at least one person that initially swore to God that's not in the rule books anywhere. That is, when people refer to that, they are cheating.
1: Because I, I asked,
0: like, what do you call this, right? What do you call yeah. this rule? And one person said, I call it cheating because that is not in the first edition books. It is completely off book and not there. And someone had to... Turn to the same page that you did at the start of this episode, Paul. Yep. Put a red box around the screenshot and go, This. And the person <laughs> in question was, of course, you know, uh, generous enough to say, Oh, I stand corrected. I didn't realize that ever. So, long time, right? Long time first edition aficionados. There are still some who never found it, who never found that paragraph.
1: Awesome. awesome. Yep. Well, we are pretty close to time here, Dan. Do you have any final <laughs> thoughts on Sweep? Or well, I, I, Machine, I really, as I'm going to call it, from I now really, on.
0: <laughs> I kind of like Cuisinarting. you know, that wasn't one of the first things that came up, but I actually don't mind Cuisinarting. That's actually a pretty clever term for it. Oh, my um, so I really got to, I really got to thank Paul and all of the viewers for, uh, <coughs> for my uh, D&D rules therapy session today. So this is very helpful. And re- along the way, you have managed to find. Uh, places where it was buried in second edition that I could, that a whole team of researchers could not find this week. So I could n- could not be more impressed by how much I've personally learned and shared and grown in this episode of Wandering the And so I'm going to take uh, Paul's advice and the rest of your advice very, very carefully uh, as I make probably a couple edits to um, how I run my original D and D house rules and how I go forward with uh, developing second edition of Book of War as well. So, awesome. I'm personally looking forward to having, having Conan types on the table and superhero types and stuff like that back on the table. And uh, this'll, this'll tell me what direction to go in.
1: Alright, so you heard it here, folks. If you feel really strongly and want to influence the way Dan runs his games and the way he's going to edit Book of War, uh, leave us a comment. Tell us why uh, Sweep absolutely must be included. Or better yet, consider joining our Patreon and you can come onto the Discord where you can get uh, Dan's ear directly and uh, tell him all about why Sweep is the most important rule in the game.
0: That is correct. I've prioritized what I respond to first, and frankly, I bumped I bumped Discord further up the list just this morning, as a matter of fact. So that does that does uh, come. With, but but please, please leave a comment. And if you and if you're an, a basic aficionado or a later edition aficionado, you definitely would not want to run into a game with sweep being played. Please leave a comment and vote um, in the big uh, the big sweep or no sweep. And what the hell do you call it? Yeah. you call know some other name that we've never heard of before we'd love to hear that maybe that maybe it's better than sweet perhaps
1: i'm kind of curious um, if somebody out there knows fifth way better than us and is going to come out with like the well in tasha's there's an alternate rule right something uh yeah i, I would, would love to surprised. hear that honestly wouldn't be surprised yeah, so I, I'm yep. not the person to track it down in fifth edition. So if
0: there is some obscure supplement that they've that that's an option, I would love 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 to hear about that. Um, don't forget. So yeah, I'll, I've got other stuff I'll say at the end. That'll come later.
1: <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Go right into it. <laughs>
0: Uh, okay, now remember, maybe you're new to the show, maybe you're not. But if you are uh, new, remember you can like and you can follow and you can subscribe to us, The Wandering DMs. And we're on YouTube and we're on Twitter and we're on Twitch and we're on Facebook and we're on GitHub. And um, <laughs> we on some other sites too. And we have a, we're a website, we have a website for God's sake. And it's at wanderingdms.com. But you should like and subscribe uh, to us on one of the social media sites and you'll get updates about upcoming shows and guests and things like that. And we would appreciate that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. If you want to listen to this show in audio-only podcast format, uh, we are a little behind in in getting those out, but uh, we will get those out soon. Um, you can find them on our website, as Dan mentioned, wanderingdms.com. Uh, you can also find them on various podcast carriers such as Google Podcast and iTunes and Spotify. If you are listening to us from one of those locations, uh, please take a moment to rate and review our show on that carrier. That helps other folks using that same service find us and uh, helps the show. So uh, we really appreciate it.
0: We, we very much do. And, uh, of course, uh, upcoming shows this week, uh, Paul will be back with uh, more 10 Dead Rats of our customized Warhammer D&D, classic D&D mashup on Thursday from 8 to 10. Um, so look for that. We are off with uh, Book of War this week. We're currently on a bi-weekly schedule. Um, if you if you if you saw the show last week, uh, if you saw the show last night, don't worry, we will be back in two weeks. That has been, in fact, worked out, and that's definitely on the calendar. Um, and um, uh, and of course, finally, we got to thank our, our very generous patrons who support the shows for uh, conversations like this and the guests that we have and all the other uh, shows that we do. So, if you are in a position to join our generous sponsors, please do go to uh, Patreon.com/slash Wandering DMs. We have three different tier levels, and among the benefits you can get are. His, Participating in our private Discord server, where uh, we have ongoing, really interesting chats about our shows and uh, OSR ruling uh, questions and and, and discussions, uh, things about uh, Book of War that's coming up, and all kinds of interesting discussions. Rate right, happening right now. Um, we release. We try to release a monthly behind the scenes uh, video, polls and surveys about. What to call things, what rules to use in our games, <laughs> things to see on our upcoming blogs, and things like that, um, and uh, discounts on merchandise, and uh, participating in after-party chat that we have uh, every Sunday right after our show, and we'll be there in about ten minutes on Discord for live video chat with our viewers that like to participate in that. We have a great time with that every week, so we would love if you would sign up on Patreon and join us for all that fun stuff. Paul, um, well, tell me what I forgot this time. Tell me what's, what what. Damn thing you've added to I the mean, to the benefits this week that that I that I that I that I left out this time.
1: I mean, simply this: that yeah. uh, you know, if you are desperate to convince Dan that he must include sweep in his games, no better time than to jump on the Discord right after this show. Join us in that live uh, after-show chat and uh, make your voice known. <laughs> great, great.
0: I'll be looking forward to that. Um, uh, so don't forget, of course we are live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern time so we hope that you'll join us again next week Sunday at 1 pm for another thought-provoking discussion. We'll see you then.